Hey, 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 everybody. Hello, friends. We have a couple of quick Art History Babes Nation updates for you. What's going on over here in our world? First off, we have a new featured artist. Zach Clark. You might recognize him from some of our previous episodes, such as Corita Kent or Albrecht Durer. And our upcoming episode on Robert Rauschenberg as well. Which is going to be great. It's going to be Just as rambly and crazy (laughs) as the first one. So we're officially blaming that on Zach. Yeah. But you've maybe heard him before on the show. Um, He's a friend of ours and he's an artist, a printmaker, and he is our featured artist. And he has created a beautiful print set called Confabulation is a River in California. And it is available for purchase on the Mm -hmm. Art History Babes website. It's a really interesting print set and just a really interesting concept and if you want to learn about it learn about the story behind it and learn about Zach and his process and his life as an artist you can head over to our YouTube channel and watch our featured artist video because we're on YouTube now guys we got quite a few videos already we're on YouTube we're just you're, we're just expanding the content you can see our faces now yeah our faces are gonna match our mouths <laughs> Watch the words come out. (laughs) It's pretty great. It's cool. It's a pretty cool thing. So we do, we have a handful of videos up right now and we're going to keep making them and keep churning them out for you guys. So be sure to check out the YouTube, subscribe and like and hit that little bell so you get notifications when we put content out there. But yeah, so just some fun, exciting things. What else is going on? Do we have other exciting things to talk about? We're going to have new merch coming out soon. Oh yeah, merch. Summer merch is coming soon, which means spring merch is going to be going. So if there's anything that you've been thinking about getting and haven't pulled the trigger now might be the time now might be the time so head over to arthistorybabes.com check out our merch check out our featured artist check out all of our stuff that we're working on for you lovely people and for you lovely patrons shout out to all of our patrons on we love you so we love you so much patreon.com slash arthistorybabes you guys make it possible so thank you you're all amazing and uh let's get to the show from Cabernet to Montmartre, they're here to slay the art history babes. Art history babe briefs. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Natalie, and we are the art history babes. And today's baby episode is a really exciting one for like a bunch of reasons. We actually just went to an exhibit of Faith Ringgold's at the Crocker Museum in Sacramento, and it was really awesome and really exciting, and we both realized we didn't know nearly enough about this amazing artist, so here we are doing a baby episode on her. We got to research on her and learn a lot, and I'm like excited to learn even more because she's just amazing. Yeah, and her work was amazing too. Yeah super just so diverse so versatile so historically loaded so interesting to look at just like so good (laughs) yeah it was pretty impressive so faith ringold was born faith willie jones on october 8th 1930 so that means she will be 88 this year and i think she's still making art which is awesome doing it she's an american-born artist who grew up in harlem following the harlem renaissance The vibrant arts community she experienced as a child would inspire her art making throughout her career. 
Ringold has said of her own upbringing, I grew up in Harlem during the Great Depression. This did not mean I was poor and oppressed. We were protected from oppression and surrounded by a loving family. She is a painter, writer, speaker, mixed-media sculptor, and performance artist. Major themes in Ringold's work include marriage, motherhood, religion, death, female identity, and black identity. Ringold's work has been exhibited in institutions in the United States, Canada, Europe, Asia, South America, the Middle East, and Africa. Her art is included in many private and public arts collections, including the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the National Museum of American Art, and the Museum of Modern Art. And as we said, currently the Crocker Museum in, in Sacramento. Sacramento. <laughs> the best of them all. And it is a really great exhibit, though. They yeah. have some amazing pieces by her. Mm-hmm. They had one piece from Tar Beach, which we're going to talk about. Ringold uses various materials to create her art. She paints, draws, sculpts, sews. Her original designs have been printed onto fabrics to be made into quilts, but she also paints directly onto fabric when she wants to. Ringold unifies craft and fine art in the best of ways without much thought. Her choice of various mediums relates to her concern with socio-political issues and issues of black identity. Additionally, quilting to her was a way to bypass the difficulties she faced in transporting her work to galleries. Quilts are much more portable than stretched canvas. They're lighter and you can roll them up for easier storage. Ringold's success can be attributed not only to her talent, but her adaptability and refusal to let obstacles or excuses confine her or her art making. Faith Ringgold is a dedicated feminist artist and activist. Her work in craft media often positions her work in the realm of folk art. Her work is intentionally evocative of the history of quilt and folk production as a feminine art form related to women's domestic work. Additionally, Ringgold's work brings attention to the artistic production of enslaved black women. With her work, Ringgold is illuminating the fact that enslaved women often performed work such as sewing, and in a sense, she is paying respect to the art produced by enslaved women throughout history. She is also concerned with the quilt as a tool of communication. So in addition to being an important aspect of female relationships, quilts were also used as a means of communication throughout the Underground Railroad. And a lot of Ringgold's work is kind of hearkening back to really important moments in black history like the whole gamut of black history she Mm -hmm. hits so many important moments and so this using quilts as a tool of communication thing is kind of calling back to how it was used as a means of communication throughout the underground railroad Ringgold's use of this medium is both conceptually interesting to Ringgold and historically loaded. She is interested in the idea of adding beauty to something that is useful or utilitarian. So for example, if a woman is sewing something together just to keep herself warm, but she adds embellishments embellishments to it to make it more beautiful, that slight act of adding beauty to something that has a useful purpose really informs her work while also communicating the stories of both black history and women's history. Faith Ringgold was a founding member of Where We At Black Women Artists, Inc., WWA, a collective of black women artists in the 60s and 70s. 
At this time, many black women artists felt excluded from the largely male-dominated black arts movement that was gaining a lot of traction at the time, and likewise the largely white feminist arts movement that was also gaining a lot of traction at the time. So this group... How frustrating. <laughs> yeah. It's like these are both things that you're a part of and somehow... Excluded, excluded from. Excluded from, yeah. So this group was a space of empowerment and self-expression for African-American women. The collective worked to foster art within the African-American community and gained attention for the underrepresented black female artist in the contemporary art world at the time. Faith Ringold created her first version of Tar Beach in 1988 as a painted quilt, making it the first of her Women on a Bridge series. The series is narrated by a young African-American heroine by the name of Cassie Louise Lightfoot, growing up in Harlem. Ringold later turned the work into a children's book, which was published in 1991. Also, HBO included an animated version of Tar Beach in Good Night Moon and Other Sleepy Time Lullabies. The term Tar Beach refers to the urban rooftop where people would flock to escape the air-conditionless heat of the inner city. In this scene, Cassie and her family are hanging out on the Tar Beach of their apartment building. Her parents are seated at a card table with their friends playing games next to a table covered in food. To the right are Cassie and her brother lying on a blanket staring at the sky. In the background, we see another depiction of Cassie flying over the George Washington Bridge. Rectangles of floral designs in various colors and patterns line the edges of the quilt, followed by a smaller border chronicling Cassie's story. It begins with, I will never forget when the stars fell down around me and lifted me up above the George Washington Bridge. Of the series, Ringgold proclaims, My women are actually flying. They are just free totally. They take their liberation by confronting this huge masculine icon, the bridge. Dancing at the Louvre, at the Louvre, Louvre, is from the series The French Collection, Part 1, and was painted in 1991. It is acrylic on canvas with a tie-dyed pieced fabric border. This piece, a combination of African-American quilting technique, representational painting, and text art, exemplifies Ringgold's fusion of traditional quilting techniques with a contemporary expressionistic style. This work is part of a 12-story quilt saga involving her alter ego, Willa Marie Simone. The character of Willa is said to be a combination, kind of an amalgamation, of Faith and her mother. Willa's fantastical story of her adventures in Paris as an artist and model are told through text found on the border of each quilt. Willa Marie Simone is a 16-year-old black girl that quote, escaped the cotton fields of Georgia and the streets of Harlem in the 20s and goes on various adventures with famous figures of the time, including Gertrude Stein, Langston Hughes, and Pablo Picasso. In Dancing in the Louvre, we see a group of black women dancing freely in the museum. They are joyfully claiming the museum as their own in an act which, as we talked about, I guess you're not supposed to dance in museums, but I think that's, especially maybe at the time this was made, that was kind of more the idea, like joyfully like taking up a space that mm -hmm. is supposed to be a little more like sterile and quiet, totally. but kind of looking at it from a 2018 perspective, I'm like, I want everyone to be dancing in right? museums. <laughs> um, I think Faith would be proud of how far we've come. Yeah, right. But yeah, so they're joyfully dancing in the museum, having a good time. And 
in doing so, these women are claiming the museum as their own, claiming a space in the museum. And this can also be read as Ringgold claiming a place in the world of art for herself, in addition to a place for women black women underrepresented people really mm-hmm. in general and not just that but like a joyful place you yeah. know like it's not yeah it's it's not just like sneaking in the side it's like taking up space mm-hmm. and really being a part of what's going on in the museum because in the image they're dancing directly in front of the Mona Lisa so it's a clear statement like I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm right in front of these very important works of art. Yeah. No, this work is great and I love the joyousness and you can kind of see that in Tar Beach too, the positivity mm-hmm. and yeah, just pure euphoria that these characters are feeling is so apparent and I love that take on it because some of her earlier work was weighed down by some of the injustices that she had to endure. And of course, that makes you angry. And her art definitely transitions into this place of just not rewriting history, but writing Black women into history in a really joyous way. Yeah, definitely. And I like to see that even just in terms of the spectrum of her work. Like, yeah, some of her work is very angry Mm -hmm. and more focused on injustice and things like that. But then you have these beautiful, joyful pieces. And I think that's great because humans are joyful and angry and it's nice to see because I think artists do get pigeonholed Mm -hmm. to be one thing or another like you know and it's like I like that she made work that clearly represents frustration and also made work that's very hopeful and and it, it really I think shows that she wasn't afraid to express all aspects of her identity Mm -hmm. and what she identified with yeah She's a remarkable artist. For real. I'm really glad that we got to see her work in person, too, because she's one of those artists who, I mean, the photos of her quilts are beautiful, but nothing compares to seeing a quilt in person. Yeah, it's tactile. It's an incredibly tactile medium. And that's part of it. Like, that's part of why a lot of people work in that medium. A lot of contemporary artists work in that medium is because the tactile nature of it. You Mm -hmm. want to feel like the softness and the warmth of the fabric and the quilt and not that we could touch them but just like being around it it's definitely a different thing for Mm -hmm. sure so yeah that was just like the happiest of accidents Mm -hmm. like being able to go see that exhibit and learn about faith and yeah now we get to share what we learned with you we hope you learned something check her out faith ringgold she's got an awesome website bye So piercing. From Cabernet to Monet, they're here to slay the art history babes. Dancing at the Louvre, at the Louvre, Louvre. The Art History Babes podcast is made possible by support from our lovely listeners via Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash arthistorybabes to help keep the art history babes going and for access to bonus content.